Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. I'm Natalie Miller-Snell, and this is Seize the Day. Now, my guest today is an expert on diversity and inclusion, working with organizations to help create workplace cultures where both businesses and employees thrive. Please put your hands together for the absolutely fabulous Nate Shalev. Yay! Hey! Thanks. I, mean, I said your name, sir, your surname correctly as well. You sure Honestly. did. <laughs> okay, brilliant. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me. How are you this morning? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I am great. And it is this morning for you because you are based in oh, the East Coast. Yeah, it's often, it yeah, literally mm-hmm. for you. So yeah, <laughs> on the East Coast of America. I love hearing different accents when I record these, actually. There's something yeah. quite brilliant about it and how we can be so connected and yet so far apart. Yeah, I, so I, I, I was born in Staten Island and I grew up in New York, so I can really throw on like my Staten Island accent if you like really want to do this interview in New York style, like we can like talk about it if you want to talk about it. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Now, there's so much I want to explore in this show today. I think there's so many really relevant topics for us to, to you know, dive deep on and really kind of highlight for listeners as well, perhaps if they're, they're not familiar and talk a bit about the you know the social and inclusive impact that you're having in the work within organizations but i suppose before we get there let's have a little bit about you you know who are you and what's your lived experience because i know there's been adversity in terms of how you've got to where you are today um, and if we share with pronouns as well uh, you know and how to address oneself in this show it'd be really fantastic to learn a bit about you yeah, amazing. Uh, so my name is Nate Shalev, as you said. Uh, I am in. Uh, I'm an inclusivity expert. Um, so after more than a decade in the social impact space, I started my own consulting business. Um, so it's called Revel Impact, and and as you mentioned, I help companies create workplaces where both people and businesses thrive. Um, one of the reasons why I started my business was because I was just tired of being the only queer person, the only trans person, the only person. Uh, having to advocate for inclusive policies. Um, I would often do workshops on gender identity because I wanted my pronouns to be respected. Uh, My Mm -hmm. pronouns are they and them. If folks didn't know what that meant, it would always be difficult. Um, I wanted uh, my coworkers to know what it was so how so they could interact with me in a a more positive way. Um, So I was doing all of that all the time. Uh, and then I was working at these social impact organizations where I realized that their internal cultures weren't reflecting their external values and the type of impact they thought they were making and they weren't actually making. So mm-hmm. I saw this huge opportunity to be able to just do things better, both for people and for the actual impact uh, and influence that businesses wanted to have. Yeah. I mean, it's actually really important work that you're doing really important conversations and hearing it from your point of view as well in terms of the lived experience what it's like to to actually have yourself seen valued and heard within a workplace and then and enable and help people because certainly in my experience folk actually want to know how to approach situations you know what pronouns are why they're so important as well and what that means uh, for individuals and us personally when we engage in that front so if I may and if you're if you're open to to talking about it can you yeah can you explore a bit about the the pronoun side of things and what that means for you and and the the value behind it but equally the kind of uh, the trans conversation as well what what it means to be trans and, and certainly what that's like as a lived experience coming to terms but also the acceptance within society and business and so on? Yeah, for sure. So at, so at, it, at its core, pronouns are uh, just ways that we refer to people or things. Um, so the reason why they're so important is because we use them to refer, refer to people. 
And yeah. in English, they're often gendered. So when you're referring to somebody, you're using a gendered pronoun and that uh, affirms somebody's identity. And so that's why the conversation around pronouns is so important because it's how we're referring to people. And if we're not referring to people the way they want to be referred to, that just feels really bad. Uh, so we want, and just in conversation, yes, it's a sign of respect, but it's also like, you wouldn't call somebody by a name that they don't want to be called. Um, yeah. And even if it's a nickname or if it's a different name, um, everyone has a pronoun. So let's say uh, you are somebody who identifies as a man. You see, if somebody just called you she just because they thought that that was what you were or they just wanted to, it would just it would just misalign with who you are. And every time somebody refers to you, it would just feel wrong, and you wouldn't feel like you, and you wouldn't feel like um, that's how you want to be called or referred to in the conversation. So mm. overall, that's why the pronouns conversation are it is important. Um, we could also go through like gender itself and how and what that means and, yeah. and, and like and like talk about trans identities um overall and, and kind of how pronouns fit into that if that if that's helpful yeah no absolutely and in terms of representation I mean certainly what I've been impressed by seeing you on social media seeing you on LinkedIn because that's actually where we we engage and interacted and, and met there's something quite brilliant and with folk generally who are, you know, activists, quite activists, you know, public activists, but are just being authentically themselves. There's something quite really important about the, the representation and hearing voices. I mean, we are recording this during Pride Month in June. This probably will air later in July. But this is such an important month. I mean, not that it should just be a month anyway, but it is a, a time where everyone seems to get behind it and understand the importance of actually having that representation out there. Because whether or not we choose to acknowledge it, there is still a phenomenal amount of hate out there. There is still a phenomenal amount of well, lack of understanding perhaps as well. And by being visible, by being out there, by talking about stories, that really helps us all, I mean, when I was 14, 15, and I was coming to terms with my sexuality, it was because I saw a character in a TV show that helped me come out. So the representation is crucially important. And what is that like for you? And who are, you know, great examples of people paving the way in terms of trans representation and role models and people, you know, speaking up and, you know, putting their head above the parapet, I suppose. Yeah, I think it's really important. So, I, so, so you mentioned uh, that it shouldn't just be a month, and it's not right. We're we're, we're queer yeah. all year round, and exactly, it's just, yeah. Like June is just when people decide that it's time to think about it and talk yeah. to us about it. So, yeah. uh, so that is uh, just just kind of um, what it feels like. But I think you're absolutely right. For LGBT communities in particular, um, we need those role models, right? Because we uh, there's like that phrase that you can't be what you can't see, and I think that's really true for queer communities. We don't have the visions of uh, who we want to be in the world. Um, so if we're not seeing, uh, if we're kind of outside the binary or outside the um, normalized representations of what gender means, we need to be able to see someone else in order to be able to understand what could be possible for us. Um, so for me, I started using uh, they them pronouns because I met somebody who was using them. This was like right. back in 20, yeah, yeah, it was back in 2013. Um, the story uh, starts on a mountaintop in California. It was a queer summer camp, which is super fun oh. and amazing. Um, it was lovingly nicknamed Mount Feelings because you would just like turn a corner and there would be a queer person like crying on a rock somewhere, just okay. like journaling, overwhelmed with kind of all of the emotions that come with being in a queer, a queer centric space. Um, so this was the place where like it took 20 minutes to announce breakfast because it would be like gluten, vegan free, vegan free gluten, you know, and like it had to, you had to go through the list. 
Um, right, because folks care about, you know, the environment and sustainability <laughs> and what, what we put in our bodies. Um, but this was the first time also here, uh, like being kind of in this uh, affirming space, being in this, in this space that was centering queer folks that I met somebody who was using they, them pronouns. And it was mm-hmm. somebody that I admired and appreciated. Um, and I could see myself in. And after that camp, I just started trying them out and I started using them. Uh, and it felt right. Like I felt more at home in myself. It felt better when somebody was speaking to me. And I think that this, um, people think that LGBTQ identities are complicated, that we yeah. have all these letters and what do all these letters mean? But, but at its core, it's really just figuring out who we are, how we want to love and how we want to exist in the world. And most of the time that happens through trial and error. And we just try something that works and then we don't try it because it didn't work. And then, you know, we find the label that fits us and labels are uh, imperfect, but really helpful to being yeah. able to, to understand who we are. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that really made me smile, that story. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. But being in a yeah. space where you're with people you can identify with, you can find you can find yourself within a group of people. I mean, obviously we're all very individual, we're very unique and there's something about celebrating the authenticity and beauty and who who all of we are as the, you know, unique individuals that we are. But, you know, having, not but, having those role models around us and having those folk who are already embarking on the journey or who've, you know, pioneered the way or have found their way because someone else has pioneered the way is really important, really important. And hence the kind of the visibility that we have, or rather that we need to be showing now. I was just thinking then when you were talking, this is an incredible platform and way to kind of talk about this topic and, and bring it out to a larger audience. So if there's somebody listening here and they, and they kind of cognitively understand what you're saying, and I really want to get on board with this and I really want to help, but I don't even know how to go about doing it. What would you say to them? Yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a great question. And first I would say, thank you for wanting to help. Like, thank you for being on board. Uh, we need more of you, whoever you are out there. Um, and, and that the information is out there. So the first thing that I talk about is really knowing the issues. And one of the, one of the beautiful things about the LGBTQ community is that we exist, we exist everywhere. So yeah. we exist across geographies and identities. Um, you know, uh, it's one of the few, it's one of the few, um, identity groups that really does exist, right? So you're going to be an LGBTQ parent um, you can be an LGBTQ disabled person, right? Like every, every, I would say every identity geography that you can think of, there, there's some statistic now that one in five Gen Zers identify as, as LGBTQ. So we're really everywhere. So I think the first thing is just knowing, knowing the issues of the particular communities that you're thinking about, because we're everywhere, that means that we all are going to have uh, different experiences. So LGBTQ women are experiencing sexism, right? Black LGBTQ folks are experiencing racism also. So it's really knowing the nuances of the communities that you're thinking about and knowing that um, even though we are connected through our gender or sexuality, we'll experience the world so differently. So it's really knowing who you are. If you're working with students, they're gonna have different needs. Um, so that's that's the first step is really being able to do that research. Uh, you can like find the folks who are talking about it. You can, you know, read the blogs, like read the websites, what, what you know, the, 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 the um, media that we're consuming, right, are all great yeah. ways to start. Um, and then the second thing I talk, well, there's a few things I talk about, but one of the other main things is supporting us when we're not in the room. So it's great if we're going to use my pronouns to me when we're speaking, but I would say it's, it's uh, equally as important to make sure that you're using them when I'm not there or 
Um, if you're an HR professional and you're talking about benefits and you know there are no trans and queer folks in the room, you should be the one to say, hey, let's talk about uh, like what trans inclusive health benefits might look like. And so being the champ that champion for folks, uh, even when we're not there. And no matter where you are in your organization, you can make that impact. So if, if you're a manager on your team, even if you're a teammate and like you don't think you have any of that institutional power, you can still have a real influence on inclusion because you can impact the specific sphere of influence that you have. And as we talked about, I, I, my role model was just somebody that I met. So you mm -hmm. can be, you can have that great impact uh, even if you don't feel like you have kind of like the larger um, like powers bestowed onto yeah. you to, feel, to yeah. feel like you can. And there's something, what landed with me with what you were saying there, there's something about actually, you can almost make it a personal experience in that because we all have struggles along the way at some point or other, you know, tr trying to fit in perhaps, trying to find, you know, who we socialize well with, who we connect with, you know, if you're an introvert, if you're an extrovert, but there's always somewhere that we want to find to fit in and connect and find community and belong in and all of that wonderful stuff so it's just expanding one's thought process almost just to the next level is okay so what does that then mean for you and I, I, there's something about being curious remaining open and actually exploring well what does that look like for you how do you experience that okay this is what I see and you know what does that feel and look like for you and perhaps engaging with it that way. I mean, I'm, I'm really curious to know from you, what's it like when you go into corporations and organizations, the, the kind of conversation, you know, where's that starting and what is it that they're looking to change or influence or, you know, get on board with? Yeah, I think it, it, it obviously depends on the organization. I think often um, something that you said before that they just don't know how to. So mm. it's often somebody who is saying, I am identifying a problem in my organization that I know that we need to fix, whether it's people not feeling like they're included or just something not working right, whether it's uh, like a project management system or a communication problem, or it's something specific that happened like a manager is being transphobic and they don't know how to address it. So sometimes it's those specific issues or sometimes it's just a larger cultural thing where they're like, we know we could be doing much better. We just don't know how to do it. So then it's mm -hmm. coming in just to, to talk about it. Often um, it'll start with a workshop or, or, or a speaking engagement where, where we plant those seeds. Um, personal stories are really powerful. So if there are no visible queer trans people on staff, um, it's really important to have someone like me come in to say, uh, this is important, this is my lived experience, and also here's how, um, here's how it can affect you. And, and what, I, what I try to highlight is that inclusive workplaces benefit everyone. So you, you can center you center the like the, the folks who have been historically excluded um, within your work, but then it benefits everyone. So um, I like to use the, the example of a of a gender neutral restroom because it really helps me as a trans person feel included in the workplace. But it's also going to help a father who needs to go to the bathroom with his daughter, yeah, and, and that yeah. then that helps him as well. And you can really um, kind of parse that out for kind of every aspect of inclusion that you might think about it both benefits those who have been like systematically marginalized and it's going to benefit everyone else as well. Again, and that's kind of making it personal, isn't it? Because that's really leaning into including everybody where previously you might have been excluded from a particular situation, a particular area, a particular room, organization, group, whatever it might be, actually focusing on the, the nuances of it and opening it up to be more inclusive. It's really interesting because you and I were talking very briefly before we started recording this, because um, something that's really forefront of my mind at the moment is the, the kind of bills that have been passing in, in the States, you know, where you are based. 
and and something that really landed with me was what you said a friend of mine gave me the stats I had no idea that there's 238 anti-LGBTQI bills passed this just this year the first part of this year alone which is you know percentages higher than in previous years but you raised the point that the, the hate's always been there they're just now you know this is another step with the bills I mean how is that for you when you how do you remain positive and focused <laughs> and driving all of this incredible you know with, with this going on in the background yeah well so part of it for me is that uh, knowing that the so the bills themselves aren't they're about trans people but it's not actually about trans people it's it's really about power and it's about yeah. being able to organize around this trans issue to rally a base and it's really unfortunate that folks are choosing to hurt trans people in order to do that that that, that this is what politicians have decided is the issue that will rally folks. So you've made trans folks the other in order to gain this power. So for me, what I remind myself is that like, it's not about me. Um, yeah. It is and it isn't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, yes, yeah. like, like trans folks, um, it's it's easy to, to other them because we're outside, we're often outside of the mainstream. Um, but in reality, uh, we all have gender identities. So trans identities are just another gender identity. So, so there mm-hmm. isn't um, you know, so there isn't much, much differences within that. And, uh, most folks have met a trans person, even if they think they haven't, there's some statistic that says like 50% of trans folks are living as stealth, meaning that like, if you met them, you probably wouldn't know that, um, that, that they're identifying as trans. So yeah. all that to say is that, uh, I know that we exist in the world and, and I, I have to be comfortable in who I am and, and seek out the communities that will affirm me in order to keep staying positive. Um, and seek out the folks who are wanting to make these changes. Uh, and also knowing that the folks making these legislative decisions, uh, they don't care about trans people. And so yeah. they don't care about trans people. So I, I can't put my energy towards them. I need to put my energy within building and, and uplifting my trans communities. Utterly inspiring. Honestly, utterly inspiring and wonderfully articulated and such a great response to you know something that is... Well, I mean, alarming at the moment, I would say, but that's really incredible how you think think about that and have framed it. And actually, this leans back into what you said earlier as well about folks speaking up, putting heads above the parapet. But actually, when you're not in the room, defending, using pronouns, talking about it, and that's the biggest way that we can actually try to support inclusivity, but actually making it a regular conversation to help and normalize as well, you know, stop it being outside and, you know, really address what's going on. And in that, how do you look after yourself? What, you know, when you're, when you're focusing on supporting, educating, you, you know, creating awareness, how does Nate look after yourself to keep, you know, the energy levels high, to keep the momentum going? What do you do? What's the self-care routine? <laughs> um, it is really important. Um, so I would also say that I, so I'm autistic as well, and a majority of LGBT, like LGBTQ, there's a higher number of LGBTQ people who identify as neurodivergent. So that is actually something that is very common within queer communities. And there's some, like, the, the thought is it's because um, we care less about social expectations already at, like, being neurodivergent. And so therefore, we're more willing to explore, uh, like, different gender identities and what that might mean for us. Anyway, so part of all that means is that I'm, I'm really aware of my energy levels and I'm really aware of how my social interactions are. And yeah. so I have all of these different things that are built in to make sure that, that um, 
that I'm able to continue to, to sustain myself. And sometimes that means taking a break. Sometimes it just, it just like, I, I, um, it's, it's a daily thing. So it's not mm-hmm. self-care in the sense of, um, I'm going to go for a massage every once in a while, which is yeah, amazing yeah. and like, Absolutely. great. Uh, and I will always do that. Um, but it's actually more about making sure that my, my daily, my daily routine, um, is one that, uh, will sustain me. And so self-care mm-hmm. needs to be something that is, is consistent for me. Um, just because that, that is how I need to exist in the world. And sometimes I do burn out and it's terrible. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and, you know, um, I'll have shutdowns and it's like no fun. Um, but then I can't do the work. Right. So yeah. I know that I'm able to prioritize my routines and taking the breaks that I need and making sure that, you know, my, uh, the way that I'm living my life is one that's sustainable because I care so deeply about making the impact that I, that I want to make. And I know that yeah. if I'm not prioritizing it, I'm not going to be able to show up, uh, for the people who need me to show up. Yeah, no, it's a really good point, actually. It, and I, even from a coaching point of view, actually, because I'm, I'm talking with folk and, and listening and, you know, and, you know, that whole kind of conversation and that framework, you, you do need to make sure you, you look after yourself and, you know, you separate the two. And I, yeah, I find I, I, walking's great, clears my head massively, just getting out and having that time. Sleep is another one for me, which I need. I haven't been doing enough of it recently. That's bit, that's probably my drawback. So that's one I need to improve on. But sleep is incredible because it just kind of restores us 150 million percent. And I'm yeah. not exaggerating at all. No, I'm a huge fan <laughs> of naps. I will take 20 yeah, minutes exactly. naps yeah. throughout my entire day. So if I have like a block of meetings, I will know that after that block of meetings, I need a 10 minute break to decompress no matter what. Um, so sometimes it looks like an app or sometimes it just looks like going into a quiet room and decompressing so that that is necessary for me and and I build that into my schedule brilliant absolutely fantastic what's important that you haven't had the opportunity to talk about here and now or actually that you don't often get to say in this conversation what's important for you uh, to talk to the you know listeners about we touched on a lot, which is great. Um, I think, I think the one thing that we haven't talked about is making assumptions and believing people's identities when they tell you what their identity is. So I think with, so, so I mentioned that, um, many trans people are self, but also within the LGBT community, um, folks might not look the way you think they would. And so making sure to not make those assumptions that we talked about pronouns, making sure to not assume any pronouns that somebody uses, but also in general, their identities. Like if somebody is telling you they're a lesbian and you're like, lesbians don't look like that. You're not a lesbian. Like, don't, don't do that. And that really is for any, any sort of uh, I, like identity within the LGBT spectrum and particularly for trans identities. So when somebody tells you who they are, you, you need to believe them. And when somebody yeah. tells you what they need, you also need to believe them. Like not questioning the kinds of accommodations that somebody's asking for and not questioning um, whatever, like however they're asking you to be an ally even if you think that that is not the way you should be an ally, uh, it's, that's, that's not your decision to make. It's the person that you're trying to to support. Yeah, that's quite right. Isn't it even? Yeah. And it's, I suppose it goes back to almost conflict within a team or challenging. You don't have to believe or agree with something to accept what somebody's saying, because that's their reality. Right. And you just have to do it. You just have to, yeah, and it's kind of removing the judgment and that's, it's remaining curious still and wanting to learn and understand more. Absolutely brilliant. This has been a really fantastic conversation. I'm so grateful to you. Where can everybody and anybody find you if they're curious to know more, want to know what you're up to? You mentioned about your business earlier. Yeah, where can everybody find you? 
Yeah. So my LinkedIn is where I'm trying to build conversation. I know LinkedIn is often the place where you might just go when you need to uh, find a job, but I am really trying to have a few places where we can talk about really important conversations like this. So my LinkedIn is one. Um, Nature Love is, is my name that you can find me at. And then rebelimpact.com is my business. And reach out to me. Let's chat about anything. <laughs> Absolutely. Brilliant. No, I love that a lot. I really, really enjoy that. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been really rich. It's, been, it's such an incredible well, it's a really important topic, actually. It's a, an incredible amount of information and knowledge and generous sharing that you've given today and the importance behind that, you know, the importance for in inclusivity and actually how we can all make positive steps, removing that judgment, being curious and just keeping the conversation open to have respect for the person next to us and what they might need or want. Equally, you know, speaking up for what we need and want. So I'm really, really grateful to you. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. And thanks everybody for listening. Take care, look after yourself, keep well. You have been listening to Seize the Day with Natalie Miller-Snell. If you've enjoyed this show, please head over to seizethedaysimplecast.com for all of my other shows. If you're interested to hear more about coaching, please visit nmscoaching.co.uk. If you'd like to chew the fat over some of the topics in these podcasts, please come and join me at my Facebook group, Dare to Be You. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. <laughs>